Welcome to the Sharp Waiver Wire and Injury Show for Sharp Football. I'm your host, Todd Burrows. Joining me to sum up Week 9 and to help you prepare for Week 10 are Curtis Hirsch, our waiver expert, and Tucker Bagley, who handles injuries for Sharp Football Analysis. Tucker, what was your biggest takeaway from Week 9? I think my biggest takeaway through nine weeks of the NFL season is the Eagles are the class of the NFL, and I don't know if anyone else is really that close. In a week where we saw the Kansas City Chiefs try to struggle to put away Malik Willis and Buffalo and Josh Allen getting flatly outplayed by by Zach Wilson for 60 minutes. I mean, the Eagles are the only undefeated team in the NFL. The only one-loss team in the NFL has their only loss to the Philadelphia Eagles who beat them by, by three possessions in week two. I think they've been incredibly fortunate. I, I think their injury luck certainly has something to do with it as well as their schedule. But, I mean, if we were the college football committee and, and we were putting together who the best team was and who had the most impressive resume so far, I think right now it's the Eagles, and I don't know who I would put second. Yeah, I not only agree with that, but in looking at the schedule that they have going forward, there's nobody who you look at and say, oh, wow, that's going to be a really tough game. Uh, I think they legitimately have a shot at going undefeated. Uh, Curtis, your thoughts on that? Your big takeaway from the week? Oh, sorry. I thought Tucker said the Eagles are the class of the NFL. Um, I must have misheard or something like that. But yeah. I think that's how they do when they do play a real team. It, if it does happen in the Super Bowl, they're going to be a little bit short of talent and wonder what hit them when they do have to play that game. But um, I think the way is. I don't think they have enough big, big game players to beat, say, the Chiefs, or I still appreciate the Chiefs more than the Bills, but Pat Mahomes is a different animal and they haven't played anyone to the Chiefs skill level this year. So that's that's kind of my thoughts about I, that. I, I, I'm I a would, Cowboys guy, I, so I have to think that, right? Well, I mean, you know, you could think what you want. It doesn't make it true. And, you know, to me... Um, the Chiefs and the Bills, I do think, would be favored in the Super Bowl. But I don't know of a position group where the Eagles aren't strong. They, they're very, they have good running back, very good quarterback, great wide receivers, very good offensive line, great secondary, very good uh, uh, defensive line. I don't know if their linebackers are elite, but they're, they certainly don't stink. Anyway, go ahead, Tuck. Uh, Curtis, with your uh, yeah. play of the week, uh, I'll, I'll go to a underrated team, the, and that's Mike Brable's ability to win and keep close in these close games with just inferior talent. The Titans won the AFC last year; they won the bye, and they weren't any more skilled than they are this year. This year, they're in a division that's not very strong, but they're still leading it. And they traded their only passing game weapon away, and they only have one dimension to their offense, and they still win. It's it's incredible what he's able to do. There's no way they should have been close in that game on Sunday night, and he just continues to scheme up crap and keep them close. If he had Zach Taylor's talent, I'd be excited to see what he could do with it for a game with that. But then I think that when he, his best games are when he's huge underdogs. So I'm not sure what happens if he does get good talent, but what he's doing in Tennessee is pretty incredible because I don't think 
the team is as good as the record is, but they continue to win games and keep close. Yeah, and, and you could say the same thing last year. I don't like the guy personally. I don't like some of the stories that I've heard about him. Uh, but you have to admire what he's gotten out of the talent that he has. Um, so I agree with that 110%. My big takeaway um, is the NFL buys are on drugs, and it's hard to find a, uh, find a rhyme or reason to it. Six last week, two the week before, four this week. We got a week coming up with zero, and then buys coming up after a zero week. Um, I mean, you know, I think they're on drugs. And I, I mean, I know that fantasy football doesn't mean a ton to them, but it should. And I don't get the why. And again, I think that is my big takeaway of the week. I'm sick of the buys. Um, I hope that we get more consistency next year. All right, let's move over to the heart of our show, which is injuries and waivers. Um, after the aforementioned six buys last week, the four teams on buys this week are the Jets, the Patriots, the Bengals, and the Ravens. Um, Curtis, uh, two very good offenses and a couple key people. Well, and Ramondre being on the Patriots, um, those buys definitely could shake up leagues. Would you agree? Yeah, I agree with that, but it's a little bit different than last week where we had six teams and most of them were pretty relevant. So it's a little bit better than last week, but still you're right. Uh, one key quarterback, maybe a second key quarterback, some solid offensive players. And just like last week, we're going to be tough to find two starting running backs to put in our lineups this week. Yeah, I mean, I my FFPC advance rate dropped from 28 to 26. And, you know, Barkley's my most owned running back and had a lot of guys on by. So I was afraid it was going to be worse. And I'm hoping to um, be good. I actually have a team that is 78th out of 450,000 entries in the Best Ball Mania tournament. And first place is a million bucks. So, you know, I, I've, my dream is still alive. Um, I've got Mahomes and Joe Burrow on that team, so I've got some spike week uh, potential. Uh, Tucker, thoughts on that? And uh, then thoughts on the big injury of the week, Josh Allen and any other injuries at quarterback. Yeah, I'd like to think if that million dollars comes home to you, Todd, we would share it as a show, right? I think that would just kind of get folded into the show budget, so certainly rooting for that. Um, but you mentioned it. The, the big injury of the week, especially at quarterback, is Josh Allen. Now, Tucker, I would give you money to play on DraftKings. Okay. But Curtis is on his own. No, that makes either. sense. No, I think uh, I, it, it, if, um, if I win the million, I would say that each of you would get a 10 millimaker DraftKing entries on me. Perfect. Fair. I'll take that. I'll take anything at this give, point. Give you 10 chances at um, getting yourself a million. I, I, I think that's 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 pretty fair. Yeah, and if we don't get it, then that's on us. I I fully understand. You know, got to teach Amanda Fish, right? I, I believe that is, is how it goes. Um, but you mentioned Josh Allen, and he he's – it's an interesting case because he, he hurt his UCL. If you're a baseball fan, that's more commonly known as the Tommy John ligament. It's something that – 
really it makes it really hard to, to throw a ball, right? If you're a pitcher and you get Tommy John surgery, you're out for a year. Bryce Harper for the Phillies, he, he suffered an injury like this. He wasn't able to throw a ball the entire season, had to become a DH. So I worry about Josh Allen's ability to, to accurately throw the football. Now, I, I think he's going to play through this. Uh, I think the Bills believe they can find a treatment plan to, to keep him on the field throughout the season. And from a fantasy perspective, I mean, he stunk throwing the ball on Sunday and still put up 29, 30 fantasy points because of what he was capable of doing with his legs. I, I think he's still far and away a, a top five or top 10 quarterback, even with this injury for fantasy purposes. But if I was someone with a lot of Josh Allen, and I'm pretty sure there's probably a lot of people who have Josh Allen who are number one or at least top three in their league right now, I would definitely be scouring for a, a high price backup right now, because I worry that if this is something that doesn't get better, they could shut him down at some point for the long-term health of, of him and the team. Yeah, that is, um, that's some scary stuff. There's no doubt about it. Um, any other injuries at the quarterback position? The only other one to keep an eye on is Sam Darnold is supposed to come back this week. He is, uh, Practice window was activated on the IR. They aren't starting him because they want P.J. Walker to get one more shot on, on Thursday night football against Atlanta after the the absolute egg he laid on, on Sunday. But I would bet if Carolina's offense struggles again, Sam Darnold gets another shot at that starting job sooner rather than later. Yeah, P.J. Walker played uh, – I mean, I watched a lot of that game, and, I mean, he had the bad P.J. Walker game after having the good one um, the week before, I, I think they like him. And I think that they're, you know, I, I'd be surprised if they went away from him unless he had another week like last week. Uh, your thoughts on that, Curtis? And who are we looking at to pick up this week? With six teams on by last week, there might be a couple quarterbacks that are on waivers that um, teams were forced to drop. Yeah. Um... Back to the Josh Allen thing, I don't have him in any redraft teams this year, but I wouldn't be comfortable heading into Sunday without him or without another option at quarterback. You, If you have him on your team, you're likely near the top of the league. So just get a backup plan, whether it's a spending a lot of fab on him or not. I would have a backup plan because that injury doesn't look all that good especially for the short term, this game doesn't mean anything. They need to rest him and have him ready for the end of the season is the big goal. And uh, obviously I missed that PJ Walker news. So uh, he really, if you look at his underlying metrics, he wasn't really that good against the Falcons in the first game. He just was lucky to get a couple long passes, but he could have had, there's a few passes he missed and his completion rate over expectation was bottom of the league that week too. So and anybody that plays the Falcon secondary is an option, though. Um, but like you had said, Todd, I'm looking for the Russell Wilsons, the Daniel Joneses that may have been dropped last week because of roster space. And even though Russell's stunk the whole season, basically, he does have a little bit better of a schedule coming up. So if he's available, I'm taking a look at him, Daniel Jones. And if it needs to be someone that's on the wire, maybe Jacoby Brissett, the Dolphins are going to score some points with Tua. They're a bit of a pass funnel defense, and he does have some rushing floor. All right, Tucker, who are we looking at injury-wise at running back? Um, I know Aaron Jones uh, hurt his ankle. Um, what is the latest on Mr. Jones and me? 
and um, anyone else at the running back position if you didn't get that Counting Crows reference. Yeah, I, I think for Aaron Jones, he will be fine. All all tests came back negative as to what test that meant and what negative means. I, I'm not sure, but sure. Seems I'm not like positive. Gonna, yeah, it, I, I, it's weird. You would think positive would be better, but when you deal with medical terms, for some reason, negative may, means means positive things. So Aaron Jones says... And I'm negative. not positive if it's negative or positive. Me neither. I, it's something I think that's why it takes so long to get through medical, school, medical schools because they spend a couple of years going through this nonsense. But he's going to play this week. I, I think he'll probably be active in practice in, in a limited capacity, but they certainly seem to, to dodge a bullet there, which is desperately needed in, in Green Bay, just considering the, the state of the rest of that roster and how many injuries they have. Um, and even what they, they suffered on Sunday with Rashawn Gary being out for the year with an ACL injury. The other guy to keep an eye on is Jonathan Taylor, who was inactive again due to an ankle injury of his own. They have Vegas coming up this week. He averages like 130 yards per game against Vegas, and his career has three touchdowns against them in his last two games against the Raiders. Their offense has been absolutely putrid. Sam Ellinger and, and that Colts offense it has been absolutely terrible to the point where they fired uh, Frank Reich this week. They averaged two yards per play in their loss to in, uh, to New England. Adding Jeff Saturday, and I don't know how much influence he's going to have on the game plan this week, I think that means it's going to be a lot of run-first options. If he's healthy and, and capable of going, I think we're going to see the return of, of Jonathan Taylor of old, the guy who was RB1 last year and the guy who put up like 130 yards week one this year. Yeah, so I, I, I think the Colts will be better on Saturday than Sunday, but I... Yes, that's enough puns for one show. Dangerous. Dangerous. Um, speaking of dangerous, Curtis, who are your selections at the running back position to pick up this week? It's thin. It's yeah. dangerous. But is there any names we should be yeah. aware of? Is there any selections to put in? I, I honestly, I don't know. Um, to Tucker's point, if Jonathan Taylor increases the chances that the Colts win on Sunday uh, there might be a chance he doesn't play I don't know what their goal is over there so that that brings I don't want anyone from that offense but Zach Moss seems like a Saturday kind of guy so maybe he can carry the rock 20 times for 45 yards and you can get a few points that way my my one player that I do like is Isaiah Spiller finally got to see a little bit more action behind Austin Eckler and he was actually reasonably good he had 3.2 yards after contact he ran as many routes as Sony Michelle and looks like he could be increasing his role if something ever happened to Austin Eckler and that is a team I have held on to the backup running back for all year because it's a an elite offense with a non-mile non-mobile quarterback who likes to target running backs so if something ever happened to Eckler, you have a league winner there. So it looks like Spiller might be increasing that role if something happened. And then the other guy that was subject to a few drops last week was Jamichael Hasty. He's clearly the number two guy in Jacksonville, although ETN is getting all the work right now. But if something happened to him, he's a good handcuff to have as well. I'll throw out uh, Kylan Hill. If the Aaron Jones injury turns out to be worse, um, I think he actually is a good running back. Kylan Hill's a great running back. I, I don't. I don't think Jones misses time. But so. uh, I mean, it's so thin out there. Um, 
I think that it's it it's at least worth looking into. Yeah. Um, let's move over to the wide receiver position, Tucker, and the injuries there. My heart went a little with Romeo Dubs. I can now say Romeo, Romeo, wherefore art thou, O Romeo? And you guys will hate me for another pun. Yeah, I mean, he's going to probably miss miss quite a bit of time after being carted off with that high ankle sprain, which, I mean, it's just a, another hit to the, the Packers receiving quarters, which was thin to begin with to start the season when you, you expected Alan Lazard and, and Christian Watson to be one and two. But Lazard's been out. He, he finally came back and played pretty well this week. Randall Cobb is currently on the IR. Christian Watson has missed time with a hamstring and a concussion. And now you add in the fact that that Romeo Dobbs is out for quite a bit of time with a high ankle sprain. I mean, Aaron Rodgers doesn't really have much to work with out there. And, and Keenan Allen was inactive again this week after only playing 20 snaps prior to their bye week with a hamstring injury. I still think they're going to be cautious with him moving forward. I don't know if he'll even be playing this week. He, he said last week that he's not going to come back on a snap count. He's going to come back when he's capable of playing the full game, which if that's the case, it would make me think that they're going to be pretty conservative with him this week as well, unless something miraculous happened over the weekend where he's capable of going from zero to 100 real quick. And I would also consider um, looking at, at the uh, Saints. I mean, Michael Thomas is now out for the season with a dislocated toe. Jarvis Landry has been missing a, a quite a bit of time this year. I mean, that that wide receiving core right now is just Chris Alave and no one else as far as it, what Andy Dalton has to work with right now. Curtis, who do you have for us to look at picking up at the wide receiver position? Yeah, another rough position group. There's not a lot out there for this. Uh, I did mention Terrace Marshall. If he is available, there's not a many leagues he's available in, but he is running routes on almost every drop back. So that is an option if he is out there. Darius Slayton, if he was dropped during the bye week, but looks like Kenny Galladay is coming back and Slayton seemed to be number six in their wide receiver rotation to start the year. Although he might be their best option. I don't know what happens when Kenny Galladay comes back. I don't want to recommend names like Michael Bandy. Like if you need a roster spot, that's going to catch three, four passes, I guess you could go that way. Another interesting name is Samori Torre. If Christian Watson does miss time, if he did actually get a, have a concussion yesterday, he would be the slot guy in Green Bay and looked pretty good in his limited snaps. So that's a name I'm going to keep an eye on, see what happens with this Watson situation over the next couple of days. But again, another pretty thin position group. Yeah, the one guy that I'll throw out um, is KJ Hamler. He could absolutely be on the waiver wire this week. Um, and, 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 you know, after being on by last week, and he's been a lot more active the last couple of weeks. Uh, you talked about picking up Russ. I think Hamler is, if you know, it, it, let's say that what really has been hurting Russ is that shoulder, and getting a week to rest helps him, and he's better to able to throw the ball downfield. I think KJ Hamler is a guy um, that could make a few big plays. And like you said, you know, here's a couple guys that you could pick up that might get you three for 30. Well, if KJ Hamler catches three passes, it's probably for 100 yards. You're right. Yeah. All right. So let's go over to the tight end position. What are we looking at, Tucker? 
Yeah, I mean, not much news to report. The only thing I, I would want to talk about is Darren Waller still being out. He's been out since week five when he hurt his hamstring. It's pretty much. Does he you know, ever play anymore? You, you, you wouldn't know. I think he hasn't had more than three catches since week two. He doesn't have more than 20 yards. Since and last year game. he barely played. Yeah, I mean, he he's someone that you, you look at his numbers, even when he is healthy, he hasn't been a, a factor. He had three catches for 22 yards in week three and three catches for 24 yards in week four before bowing out after playing eight snaps in, in week five. And he's been inactive since then with the hamstring injury. Now, he has been limited in, in practice the last couple of weeks, which makes you think he, he's close to getting over the hump. But when you compare his production to a guy like Foster Moreau, his backup, who's put up eight catches for, you know, 80 yards in the last two weeks. I don't know how much he has to offer when he comes back. Although, you know, what Moreau's doing as far as target share is concerned makes you think that there is a spot for Darren Waller in that offense when he's healthy. But right now, I just, I don't know what to expect from him. Yeah, he is one of the worst picks in um, tight end premium leagues because you could have gotten... Uh, my guy, Dallas Goddard, a few picks later. And Goddard, you know, my premise was that Goddard was the guy who could give you that kind of production with, um, you know, a lower draft capital. Um, Zach Ertz being out of town, he had really stepped up, and I didn't think the field had adjusted for the, you know, the role that he had. Um, Waller and Kittle, both, even though their ADP dropped this year, both really not helping you much, right, Curtis? Yeah, oh boy, Dallas Goddard. If A.J. Brown didn't end up in Philly, we'd be talking about him having a breakout season. He's already doing well, just doesn't have the volume to make him a tight end one yet, but if he had the volume, he he's a stud, man. The kid can play ball. Um, but yeah, the, the other two guys, the older tight ends that have the injury history, I, I steered clear of those guys. Yeah, what's been hurting him more, it's not the volume, it's the touchdowns. Yeah. You know, as as you know, a guy who's got like 25% Goddard on FFPC, you know, he's got uh 40 catches already, but only two touchdowns. You know, and normally your tight end, your big tight end is a big target in the red zone, but you've got Jalen Hurts who runs the ball in, Sanders has a bunch of touchdowns. And then you've got A.J. Brown and Devonta Smith. Um, if Goddard could, you know, the last six yeah, yeah. weeks give us, you know, a touchdown a week or a touchdown every other week. He's so explosive. It's there. It's in the range of outcomes. Yeah, absolutely. Um, they, they just don't make, you know, like you look at Higby and the plays they, the Rams make near the goal line to get him the ball up until recently. Uh, you're not seeing that with Goddard. Um, and you can't blame them because they're getting in the end zone without doing it. Yeah. Um, who are we looking to pick up at the tight end position? Um, coming off by maybe Tanner Hudson in New York. He was the clear number one tight end with Bellinger out. And then Logan Thomas made a slight increase in uh, snaps played this week, although he still hasn't caught a ball in his two games back. He, he's out there and maybe he might contribute down the stretch. But tight ends is pretty dry as well this week. Yeah, I think, um, you know, I have a league where Noah Fant's available. I, I think in non-PPR, you might be able to find him around. 
Um, and if yeah. you're in a league where it's not as sharp and you have, and, and uh, Dulcich was on, yeah. you know, the guy that you yeah. hyped up earlier in the season, uh, Curtis, uh, you know, if Dulcich is out there, he's a no brainer. And I'll throw out James Mitchell from the, the lions. He's the fifth down. Uh, he's the fifth round tight end uh, block, right. Uh, block, right. I mean, uh, I He's saw that on Twitter. Right. Someone called him Block Wright because he blocked on almost every play. Brock Wright uh, blocks a lot, and and I think James Mitchell could be an interesting pickup down the stretch. Um, I also, if you're a Hawkinson owner, I was very encouraged by how quickly they incorporated him into the lineup and how well uh, they targeted him right out of the gate. Sharp, sharp players aren't Hawkinson owners, unfortunately. Okay. Um, let's go to your streamers at kicker and defense, uh, Curtis. Yeah, I like uh, Brett Mayer from the Cowboys moving forward. They've got a bit of a easier schedule. They play indoors the next few games, and he's coming off by, so he's available. Good defense. The offense seems to struggle a little bit, so he should have some opportunities. And then the defenses. I'm, I need to think about this a little bit. We've got Indianapolis playing Las Vegas this weekend. Vegas has struggled to get to the quarterback, but I don't really think Indianapolis is going to try to score points this week. I don't think that's their motto going forward. But will they provide any fantasy points other than uh, not scoring 10 points? So I don't know how many sacks they're going to give up because I think they might run the ball 35 times. So I've got to think about that one a little bit before I hit the button on them. And then Denver versus Tennessee, similar situation if Malik Willis is in. I don't know how often they're going to throw, but Tennessee might be hard-pressed to score some points this week too. All right. That is uh, that is some good stuff there. Tucker, are there anyone that we should be looking at coming back from injury this week? Yeah, we, we talked about Sam Darnold uh, for a brief point earlier. I think he's going to be back. Whether or not he's in the starting lineup remains to be seen, but he'll be back in the next couple of weeks or so. Odell Beckham Jr., there's a rumor that Jerry Jones is interested and he might become a Cowboy. He might be coming back and he might be signing with somebody in the near future. And then someone else who I'm interested in is someone like Traylon Burks, who the Titans have pretty much decided not to throw the football. They aren't letting Malik Willis throw the ball down the field. They've only completed five passes last week against Kansas City, but... Traylon Burks is drafted with the idea that you didn't need to throw him the football, right? He's a guy who, when he was at the University of Arkansas, was used a lot like Debo Samuel. He was used as a running back. He was used in a lot of screen passes. He was someone that pretty much get the ball in his hands in space and, and wind him up and let him go. I think adding someone like him could just result in a lot of plays and, and a lot of touches because they have zero talent on the outside of that that offense right now. And I'd also be interested in Kyron Williams um, who has to be activated off the IR sometime next week. The Rams up rushing offense has been absolutely atrocious. Daryl Henderson is averaging 30 yards per game. Cam Akers ranks dead last in the NFL right now in yards per carry at 2.8. They're just desperate for anybody to, to pick up yardage out of the backfield. And I think when Kyron Williams gets healthy, he'll certainly have the opportunity to do so. Yeah. I, um, I'm going to throw out my Giants as the sleeper team to get Beckham. I think that they 
need a wide receiver as much as anybody. And I think that Odell feels like he, that's where he was the happiest and where he played the best. And that they have a chance to make the playoffs and he could be the number one option. So um, I'm going to throw the Giants out as a possibility. This Um, Josh Allen injury really does hurt the Bills' chances, I think. That that could be a big thing in his decision. With If there's question marks about the health of Josh Allen, I I don't know if I'm going there if someone else is throwing me the ball in the playoffs. Yeah, I, I think for the Giants, they would have to make it so that he knew he could be there for a couple of years. I don't think he'd go there just to finish out the year, you know, a, a five-game contract. But if they guaranteed his contract for next year and it was decent money, I, I, I think that he might see the Giants as building in the right direction. And, um, and, and again, that he has some unfinished business there. So it is now time for our must-add, must-drop segment. And Tucker, you go first this week. Uh, I would add Terrence Marshall Jr., the the former second-round pick, who I think is finally starting to hit his stride in Carolina. He got 11 points last week. He has 12 points this week, and they're going back to playing Atlanta on a short week. And Atlanta's a team that doesn't really have any starting cornerbacks out. The A.J. Terrell has been injured. Casey Hayward is on the IR. So I would be interested in seeing him possibly getting more, more targets this week. And as for the player or unit I would drop, I would drop the Rams defense. I know they haven't been giving up a ton of points. They only gave up 16 points on, on Sunday to Tampa Bay, but they also haven't been forcing any turnovers. They first won turnover since uh, week two when they forced seven in weeks one and two combined. They have won in their last six games since. They're just not an option right now from a fantasy perspective. I think they've scored over four points in most fantasy formats just once since week one this season, they they just aren't worth it right now, uh, as far as just being a, a high upside unit. Curtis, yeah, sorry, I'm in Disneyland and haven't had time to back check this next statement, but I'm going with Isaiah Spiller. I remember last year when Eckler went down and Justin Jackson scored a bunch of points in probably week 16 last year. Spiller's a better back than Jackson was. He's got three down potential, so I'm going to add Isaiah Spiller this week and. My drop list is going to be the Indianapolis Colts, the team. Can the NFL just eliminate them for the rest of the season? That press conference yesterday was absolutely dreadful, and I don't know what they're doing moving forward here. And Pretty tough to watch. Yep, I would agree with uh, Isaiah Spiller. If you hadn't picked him, I would have. Um, I'm going to go with uh, uh, K.J. Hamler. We I already discussed why. I think he has the potential to make some big plays down the stretch. And my drop must drop is James Cook of the Bills. Uh, you've got Naheem Hines there now. And even with an injury, I don't see him being a guy that is going to win you the league. Um, let's move over to our newer segment, our must trade for or must trade away guy. Uh, Tucker, you get to go first on this one as well. Uh, I would be interested in trading for Kate Otten, the the rookie tight end in Tampa Bay. He scored his first touchdown on Sunday. It was the first touchdown scored by a Tampa Bay tight end, and we know what Tom Brady's capable of when he has a legitimate tight end option. It's something they've been missing for most of the season there with Cameron Brate out due to a concussion and neck injury. I think Kate Otten, who has over five targets in each of the last four games, 
he's slowly building trust with Brady. I, I think he could be a legitimate starting option as a tight end in a year where tight end production has just been down across the league. This is a, a glimmer of hope for a guy who's playing with a quarterback who traditionally gets elite production out of that position. Curtis? Yeah, I'm going to go with Traylon Burks, as we mentioned earlier. He's coming back off the IR. I assume he's going to be activated this week. Although the Titans don't throw the ball a ton and they have a tough matchup coming up this week, I think he could be a guy that could get a 30 to 40% target share, even on a low-volume offense. That helps coming down the stretch. So I'm going with Traylon Burks as he's, without a doubt, the most talented pass catcher on that team. I'm going to throw out Amari Cooper as the guy that I would try and trade for. He has not been bad, but they've had some really bad weeks. So most likely the Cooper owner is not sitting near the, you know, the money. Um, and especially if you're in a league where you can rebuild and get picks, dynasty. Um, I think that Watson coming back, uh, I think week 12, right? I think Amari Cooper could be a league winner. And if you can't get him, I would say look at David Njoku or Donovan Peoples-Jones. I think all three of them are setting up to have a huge upgrade down the stretch, and there's not um, – a lot of people really haven't been talking about it. Yeah, the passing game has been really productive with pretty blah quarterback play. So wait, wait till they get – Deshaun Watson back in the fold there. I, I totally agree with that sentiment. Yeah, and, and maybe the must trade of the week would be Kareem Hunt or Nick Chubb as they've leaned on the run so heavily. Uh, Chubb has had an amazing year. And, you know, I just think that that is just naturally going to take a step back as we head towards the playoffs with Watson. And, you know, maybe you find an owner who really needs a running back and it could be the move that leads you to a championship. So that's going to do it for our show. I want to thank everyone for joining us, and we will see you next week. <laughs>